Today's episode is sponsored by InfoPasta, a website where writers read all the news of the day, then walk away for a few hours and write summaries to the best of their memory for your news that's mostly evidence-based but also embellished by forgetfulness and lack of interest. Try InfoPasta. I read InfoPasta on a regular basis and it's an entertaining way to take in today's news and events. It's also really helped me improve my backpedaling skills when people call me out for being wrong in conversation. To subscribe to InfoPasta, check out InfoPasta.me and use the promo code YALLHERD, no apostrophe or space, to get one year subscription for $1.25. That's how much comic books cost when I was a kid. That's InfoPasta.me, promo code YALLHERD. Y'all heard. A podcast where two people who aren't related but have the same last name come together to tell you some stuff that they learned throughout the week. Or, in some cases, stuff we sought out because, again, we don't really learn a lot because we're lazy. <laughs> I speak for myself. We forgot to mention, I'm Marissa Phillips. And I'm Pete Phillips. In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. If you can piece all that together, then the rest of this episode is going to be smooth sailing for you. Yeah, that was like a puzzle. Like, take it all and decide what order it was really. You said you wanted to play a game, Marissa. Yes. Okay. So, Pete, how was your week? It's um. Well, it's okay. I had uh, I just saw a, a dear dear friend, but also uh, before that, for two days, I was um, very sick. To keep it clean. <laughs> okay. Aw, are you feeling better? Mostly. I realized that what happened was I ended up in such a state of dehydration that my joints were hurting. I had, like, no energy. It was, like, all this stuff where, like, I thought, oh, I have the flu or something. And it's like, no, no, you just need to drink and get hydrated again. And then when I concentrated on that, I was cool with it. That happened to me once, too. And I thought I was dying. I drank two tablespoons of baking soda in water because somebody three times my size told me that would be a remedy for heartburn. No, it well, is, but in a way smaller dose. Yeah. So it killed me, and I thought I was dying. So yeah, guys, moral of the story is hydrate. I don't know why you would be so dehydrated though, because you didn't drink that. You just forgot to drink water. Well, again, without getting into details, it was related to my being sick. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oops. It's quite all right. <laughs> Poopy. Well, there we go. Now it's out in the open. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was someone in my life was pooping for four days in a row. I won't tell you who, but it's someone I've mentioned many times. <laughs> who doesn't listen to the podcast? Who doesn't listen to our podcast? <laughs> but boy, like can that him. man pack away some Korean barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So see if you could. Put together that riddle. Who was pooping for four days? So it wasn't you, thank God. How's your week been going? Well, guys, if you follow this in chronological order, last week I was riding high <laughs> on the joy brought to me by pills. <laughs> guys, I've decided this is going to be like, you're my friends now. I'm going to tell you deep stuff. Yeah. Uh, my pills also cause insomnia. Ooh, But unhappy. to offset that, I take Diphenhydramine, which is the thing Ooh. in Benadryl that makes you sleepy. Yeah, not a fan. But it doesn't give you a good sleep. So at around 9 o'clock, I take Diphenhydramine. 
since my Zoloft makes me all spastic and hyper, then I go to sleep like I took NyQuil. And then I have, like, fever dreams. Yeah. Then I wake up at 5 o'clock. And I'm like, what? And then I'm in a state of just insanity for a bunch of hours. So I'm going through a thing. Did you? That's how my week was. Did you consider the melatonin instead? Yes, but my job is so hard. That it, it'll take some time to, like, make that work. I need, like, yeah. a weekend to, to do that. And uh, my new doctor doesn't respond to my emails, so... I don't think just... I've ever had a doctor who, who knew how to respond to an email. <laughs> I guess, okay. Um, I was having sleep issues, too, so I went out and I got some melatonin, and... Uh, the label doesn't tell you how much melatonin is in this particular pill. It tells you how much everything else, like of everything else there is in the pill, but it doesn't tell you how much That's melatonin weird. is in there. And it's usually 10 or 5. And I need 5, otherwise I'm gone for like a whole entire day. Like it seems to I don't think system. anyone's. People are supposed to take 10? I don't think people take 10. The, the general pill that you pick up is 10. What? Yeah. Okay. So Mine's I used five. to have 10s and I cut them in half. For a long time, but so on that note, what's our icebreaker? Uh, let's see. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the list of. Uh... While he finds his icebreaker, I wanted to play a game instead of an icebreaker today. Well, when ah, the Ooh. game would be that I say something in French, and then Pete says it the correct way, or guesses what I meant to say, but I realized it would be too hard because my French pronunciation is too atrocious. And I took French for like three years in high school. But we're gonna play that game privately. If you would like us to play that game... You can go to our Patreon and download the exclusive. (laughs) Okay, Marissa, what fruit or vegetable would you most want to be? What does that mean? Am I... Take it however you'd like. No, because they're not, like... What's the word? I almost said omniscience. Nope, not what I meant. They're not... Let's say sentient, just for the time being. Okay, what sentient (laughs) vegetable would I want to be... You're a, you're a vegetable. Maybe you want to be a vegetable that somebody eats. How do we always end up back at Vorophilia? <laughs> no. Do vegetables mate with other type of vegetables? No, Marissa, or just that's vegetables not how it of their works. own race? Oh, gosh. Okay, you're taking this in a very questionable... Uh, just trying to see if I want to be like a yeah. attractive vegetable by like societal norms, or if I just want to be a vegetable that I think is cool. Sounds like you want to be an eggplant. <laughs> no. I don't want to be a... No, I would say like because you know society is cool. I would say like probably the the attractive ones are like celery, but no, I'm I would sorry. Be, are you saying you want to be a long and slender vegetable? Slender man. No, I'm skinny. But when uh, you say attractive vegetable, are you talking about like <laughs> physically attractive or yes. okay, okay? But if I go pure... I don't like this question. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> but if you know I what? Pure, There's been a lot of questions that I didn't like either. Bye. Fine. But if I go purely on, like, what's my favorite fruit or vegetable, excuse me, I would be a watermelon. That's interesting. I was going I grapefruit. You'd be a grapefruit? Yeah. Because you like being a bitter acquired taste? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people on certain medicines can't eat me. And I'm sweet inside, but I just roll around. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And you're really difficult. You... You're also really difficult to cut. Exactly. <laughs> but when you get to the inside of me, I'm very sweet. Worth the effort, yes. Yep. So. Are you seedless or 
seated. By the way, I'm sorry not to talk about the duty. I'm sorry, the duty boobs. But yesterday, I was like, I like watermelons. He's like, I don't like watermelons. They have seeds. I was like, there are seedless watermelons. And he was just like, they still have seeds. And I was like, then you just eat it. And he was just like, Wow. No. I was like, what's wrong with you? What okay, guys, if you, you can't eat the seeds in a watermelon, you need to man up. We, uh... We do not subscribe to gender norms, so we want you to step up, okay? I'm sorry. I want you to... Step up and chow down. I want you to step up, Havana Nights. Okay. Is that a name of a step up sequel? Nope. Nope. Dirty Dancing. That was Dirty Dancing. Take it to the core. Yeah, that was definitely it. Let's move on. Uh (laughs) Okay. So, this is a split episode that we're going to do, but... Usually, we'd have really good split episodes when they're two different topics, except this time it's going to be a split episode with similar topics, because Marissa's going to talk about... I told it was a split episode five minutes <laughs> before we started. Marissa's going to talk about weddings from a ceremonial perspective. And I wanted to talk to you about this. Uh, I have only attended a few weddings in my lifetime. Most of them have been with Marissa. And I'm okay with the fact that I've only attended a few weddings... In my lifetime, there are people that I see on social media who are like, well, it's wedding season again. And they go to like four or five weddings a year. And I'm like, I'm so Gross. happy. Right. <laughs> and I'm not going to explain why I think that's gross because Marissa's going to handle all that next week. Yep. <laughs> and I'm going to be in complete agreement with her the whole way through, I'm sure. Yeah. But what I wanted to explore this week is the idea of marriage as a contract <clears throat> um, or an agreement between two people. Because I think that when you ask the average person out there why people get married, they would probably say that two people are in love. And that's probably true a lot, at least for that moment when they're getting married. <laughs> or they just stare into the sky wide-eyed, so afraid that you ask that question. Which is why it is worth me pointing out right now that neither Marissa nor I are married. To each other oh. or anybody else. <laughs> yep. And uh, we have never been. Okay? So maybe we don't have enough experience to talk about the sanctity of marriage or something. But I think I've that... I've seen enough marriages. Right. That's exactly what I was going to say. We built up and crumble. I know all there is to know. And we could bring in an expert who we've referenced many times on this show. But I don't think he wants to talk about this. Who's an expert? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Originally, my interest for what I wanted to talk about as as a marriage, as a contract, was um, this article that was in The Guardian that talks about the plight of American men seeking Ukrainian brides online. We've all heard this sort of cliche in the past. And you know what? I say we've all heard of this, but I don't think it's actually such a common thing. I would say, like, growing up in the 90s, it was always a joke, like a mail-order bride. Um, so if you look at Ukraine, Crimea, Russia, all that sort of unrest and turmoil out there you might think that somebody would be like man i gotta get out of here i'll marry some american person off the internet in order to get out of here and at a certain point in time that was actually very true but that was a few decades ago probably again in the 80s 90s maybe the 70s something like that but um technology has changed a lot and in a very short amount of time so the sort of method to do this stuff is a lot different than it was back then uh, there's not like some mail order catalog that you go to. Instead, you have the internet, and you do video chats. You have instant messages. You get to know somebody before you go out and meet them. 
But, here's the deal, guys. Many companies charge for those chats, making the potential bride just short, in my opinion, of a cam girl type situation. So, if you're some American man and you browse through some images, you sort of get your list of potential spouses down to a handful, then you start talking to these people online, you might find yourself with someone that you like, and after talking for, quote, hours a day, many men go to the destination for a sort of final selection. Okay. But in many cases, they end up like Todd, a 43-year-old bread delivery man who got ghosted once he touched down in the Ukraine. He worked overtime to save $5,000 to fly to Ukraine to meet both women that he was interested in and bring one of them home. And when he touched down, they wouldn't answer his texts, his emails. They wouldn't pick up on the video chats. They have this other method called romance tours. You take a bunch of people to a country, a foreign country, uh, and they meet people who are willing to be wooed by an American. Uh, at its strongest, these type, this model also thrived. But with the internet so robust, again, potential spouses can really milk you for money, like happened with Todd. He paid for all these video chats, and then he paid to go out there. And then when he got there, nobody was there. And he was very, you know... Baby. Yeah. And, like, at first, you sort of walk into this story going, like, Todd's some sort of scumbag because he's trying to buy a woman off the internet, which, by the way, isn't true. Um, again, it's a... It's oh, yeah, this, I don't know. I didn't think that at all. Right, it's this concept of marriage as a, a contract. And so he is trying to get someone to enter into a contract. Now, we don't know the stipulations of the contract, and maybe Todd is creepy. Uh, yeah. But um, he couldn't find either of the women that he hoped to meet in person. He left without any partner, more sad and depressed than when he arrived. Uh, at least he, I tried, he said, uh, after admitting that it took him an entire month to actually process how he'd been totally screwed over by that situation. Okay. So it's business, of course, this whole thing that I've been talking about, this uh, foreign bride type thing. Uh, MailorderBridePrices.com, which is a disgusting URL, <laughs> Uh, it says you got to factor in travel, communication, a translator if necessary, vague what they, vaguely what they describe as agency fees, uh, bureaucratic charges, and assimilation expenses. So okay. there's a lot of money that can go into this. But what is an assimilation expense? So an assimilation expense would be um, you bring a person who has never been to America into America and basically all the things that you would have to buy to help that person adjust to this new place. Okay. Like, I believe what they throw into assimilation expenses is like clothes and They have clothes. So in um I don't remember where Todd is from, but they said in some cases, you know, the Ukrainian women go online thinking they're gonna meet some guy who's some rich Manhattanite or something like that. But what they really end up meeting are people who live like in the middle of North Dakota or something like that. And so when they get there they're like, Oh my god, it's freezing here. Buy me some clothes <laughs> which makes oh, sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Th this sort of found me because I just sort of started down that path. Um but it's not the only reason, like, that's not the only sort of contractual reason somebody might get married. Um, and again, marriages don't always happen because of love, uh, but it's usually part of the equation. Uh, yeah. That led me to find several opinion pieces about how crazy people are when they get married, because um, they don't get the types of information that you would if you entered into any other legal contract at yeah. all. <laughs> like, if you went to buy a house and the person selling the house was like, and you were like, hey, the roof looks kind of a little worn. And that person goes, no, we just redid the roof last year. It's perfectly fine. You don't just go, okay, 
you go show me the receipts and then yeah, yeah. or or you get an inspector to come out and look at the roof that sort of thing so any rational person would do that sort of thing in a home buying situation but it's very unromantic to do something like that in a wedding situation and believe me i yeah. understand that um it'd be very weird but just like you know your home and that's to follow that metaphor would need maintenance over time or something like that the relationship does too and maybe both people aren't willing to put in that same amount of effort and so different things can happen so some people have actually suggested that like list out all the expectations list out the the goals you know vague as they may be like a child within 10 years or something like that uh so that it is more of a contract and again it, it, to me it sort of does suck out some of the romance but at the same time if you want a kid within 10 years and you marry somebody who's very ambivalent about having kids, but you think you can change their mind or something. I hate to say now you can point to a contract that said they'd put a baby in you or they would let you put a baby in them. <laughs> but Is that again, what you dream about? No. <laughs> in fact, I'm very worried about my uh, my work uh, internet account from doing all this research. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so other reasons that people practically get married uh, besides gaining citizenship are most common that I came across was health insurance. Sick people need care. They may not be able to pay for it on their own. You marry somebody who has a job that provides insurance. And this My usually... boyfriend got married for health insurance. Yeah. Paul Carson, he doesn't listen. <laughs> but if you are, Paul, good to hear from you. Oh, wait. Reach out. I think they might be in love now. Well, that's the thing, right? Sometimes... Yeah. Uh, I, what I've heard most common in this situation is two friends, one is in need, and so you marry that friend to help them out, and over time the friendship will develop into a romantic relationship, something like that. Again, it's not saying it has to, but, um, you know, so depending on your medical conditions, it would be pretty valuable to you to uh, get into a marriage that would sort of help you through that. I would do that for someone, especially since... I can't seem to find anybody on my own, and I have so much contempt for my employer that I would love to milk the incredible health insurance rates that they make me pay every year. I'd like to actually get that, ladies. Give to our (laughs) Patreon and Pete might marry you. I would like to take some of that health insurance money back that I've been putting into this system. Plus, you know, I would be helping somebody out uh, who probably needs it. And again, I presume that I would be friends with that person, and I wouldn't like hate them or something like that. Although I did have a friend who had a girlfriend who said, if I needed a kidney, would you donate a kidney to me? And he was like, absolutely not. Wow. Why did she ask that? Did she she need one? Oh, she was studying medicine, and I think it somehow came up in conversation. She shouldn't ask that. Right. She should not have asked that because she said, well, why? And, of course, he had to answer her and say, like, we've only been dating for, like, a year. I don't know what's going to happen with us. (laughs) Needless to say, within another year, they were definitely broken up. But this goes back again to this concept of marriage as a contract. Two people engage in this thing. Um, I don't know. I guess I get companionship and you get health insurance. I don't really know. I I don't think it really is actually laid out that way. But a lot of people compare uh, marriage as a contract versus marriage as a covenant. So if you see marriage as a religious act, and so then you would view this as perhaps blasphemous because you're supposed to be getting married in the eyes of God and instead you're getting married to sort of scam a health insurance company or scam the government into getting somebody's citizenship or something like that. However, I have witnessed many unorthodox marriages that have not looked like they've sort of taken place in the eyes of God. And so people get married for all sorts of reasons, all sorts of different ways. Um, 
And I'm pretty sure, Marissa, that we may have witnessed at least one wedding that wasn't legally binding at all. So, you know. I knew someone that got married because, quote, we're grown-ups. That's what I'm supposed to do. Verbatim. They're not necessarily wrong, Marissa, because if your marriage is legally recognized, you you get all sorts of great things out of it. (laughs) I'll talk about divorce in a bit. Um, You get great tax breaks. Uh, the healthcare costs are shared, you know, that sort of thing. It could improve your credit, say, if your partner has an impeccable credit score and yours isn't as great. Uh, you can also, when one of you dies, collect Social Security or IRA benefits. You are probably also the default beneficiary on a number of things because you're a spouse. So it kind of makes a lot of sense to marry from a business perspective. In fact, the military apparently has such great benefits that singles forums have posts seeking military contract weddings. This is either a person looking to get into one or a person who's in the military looking to start one. If you're a single person in the military and you get married, you get more money. So you could set up a contract where you go like, okay, if I get married, I'm going to get, let's say, $1,000 a month extra and you can have 250 and and then you live with me or something like that or you just get 250 dollars and live wherever you are but that doesn't really work so much because you kind of have to prove that you're married so but a lot of people have it set up to say um i read one that was if you want free room and board we can get married so basically this person was going to collect the additional benefits not share them with the person that they were marrying but they were going to give the person that they were marrying they were basically like free rent you know, wow. As as a a border, I guess. <laughs> wow. Some people say that it's not really very um, feasible because if you get caught, then you can be kicked out of the military because you had you're in a fake marriage, which you're sort of again scamming the system. But you don't get kicked out of the military because your marriage is fake. You get kicked out of the military because you are guilty of violating the uniform code of military justice by engaging in behavior that is unbecoming of a soldier. Interesting. Both of you would lose all those benefits that you would have gotten in that event anyway. Similarly, though, uh, to think about it, a green card wedding for citizenship only could also result in the same uh, ending. There's a comedian who hosts a show on Netflix called Nailed It, and I listen to her podcast uh, weekly, Nicole Byer. She talks about the weirdness of interviewing for and engaging in a green card marriage. Uh, She tried to start it on craigslist but it wouldn't work and then she ended up meeting friend a friend of a friend who hooked her up with a shop owner who wanted to be a u.s citizen so she married him she never engaged in any sexual activity she kissed him for the photo on the day of the marriage wow (laughs) and that was it um but then after some personal things that happened in her life she sort of lost touch with him and she couldn't find him so she filed paperwork to be divorced and Apparently, in New Jersey, you can get a one-way divorce. You don't have to, uh, at least at the time that she did this. So that's actually all covered in episode 31 of her podcast, Why Won't You Date Me, um, if you're interested in checking that out. Did she do it because she needed the money? Yes. At the time, she was in, I think, like credit card debt, and she needed to get that down. Yeah. My grandpa, who is no longer alive, uh, I think he had one or two green card wives. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was the other thing. I didn't feel like she got a lot of money. She got like $2,000 or something. That is way lowballing. I could be wrong if you listen to that episode. But like, even if it was $10,000, I feel like that's not a lot of money for... I also had to counsel someone. 
who shall remain nameless that was getting into a green card wedding. Yeah, I felt like the negotiations weren't. I was not impressed with the amount of money that was offered. It was yeah, very low. And I mean, in a lot of cases, you could be like, well, this person probably isn't making a lot of money, but yeah. Um, all this to say, of course, to sort of reach an end of some sort, uh, there's this article on a website called Eon, which is a digital magazine, and it boasts the headline, Millennials are open to an age-old idea about marriage, that it should be temporary. Um, they start the article with a bunch of great examples of past marriages that um, were temporary or, again, convenience sort of situations. What? But then they also cite a number of legislature and codes that attempt to sort of address this problem. It, the intention behind the proposals was to make marriage a temporary thing oh. so that you could get out of it easier. I don't like that. Or are you looking, like okay. <laughs> uprooting every part of our life. Right. So in 1966, uh, American anthropologist Margaret Mead suggested, now this I actually like, a two-step version of a marriage. The first step was an individual commitment that would um, let two people wed and be in love and what have you. But from that point, you could either uh, convert it into a parental commitment if they were going to have children, or you could dissolve the individual commitment and then look for somebody else who you would want to have a parental commitment with. This was all abstract, but in 1971, uh, Maryland legislator Lena King Lee actually proposed ma a marriage contractual renewal bill so that every three years a couple could either annul or renew their marriage. Interesting. I Similarly, kind of think that's interesting. In 2007, a German legislator proposed the same idea with a seven-year contract. In 2010, they proposed a 10-year contract in the Philippines. In 2011... Oh, sorry, Mexico City legislators suggested a reform to the civil code that would allow couples to decide on the length of their marital commitment with a minimum of two years. So similar to the previous ones that I mentioned. And then, like, it would suck if you were in, like, year six and you're like, geez, I can't wait until this until we hit year seven so I can get the hell out of this. But at the same time, it would let you dissolve things a little bit easier. But then we come back to what you had mentioned before. Since divorce is such a profit-based game for our legal system, I doubt that any of these laws would pass. No lawyer in their right mind would let yeah. this type of legislature come through because we make so much money off of people getting divorced. Again, we could cite a personal expert that we know, but we will not. Yeah. Well, I do feel bad for people that want to separate, and it's problematic. As progressive and open-minded and free as I am, I mean, I don't think everyone should have to get married by any means. I don't even want kids, but, like, I don't know. I do like something to the fact that it's difficult because then you try harder. I feel like marriage should be something that you do try harder. You don't give yeah. up the way you do, like, with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And, two, then you also have, like, no comfort. Like, you have no comfort. You could never, like, if you could, I don't know, then you'll be having to question what the other person thinks all the time. Like, I don't know. I That's just feel the thing. Like the article ended on a very romantic concept, that being if it goes bad – it's bad. Like, you have this practicality of escaping a failing marriage when the time limit is up. But in the better situation, the one that we all hope for, every, let's go with the seven-year one, every seven years, you are recommitting yourself to that person, and that person gets to say, I want to be with you. And, like, 
even though we have anniversaries and stuff like that, I don't know the people, at least, again, the people that I know of in, in marriages and stuff, I don't know if that happens on a regular basis. I think a lot of times people get into a flow and you sort of take that partner for granted in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Um, and so I think there is sort of like a nice romantic angle to it. But at the same time, yeah, it's, it's also that, like yeah. uh, crappy if it's not working out for you. <laughs> yeah. That was very interesting. Yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of other reasons why people get married. Um, I've heard a lot of people, too, who get divorced and then run into different problems like two divorced people living in the same house or in the same apartment because we got divorced in May, but the lease is up in September and neither one of us is willing to buy out the other person because we can't afford it or something like that. You know, just right. Like, like just goofy situations like that where you're like, oh, that sounds terrible. All By reasons way, to not jump wondering. into the pool and to just stay inside and uh, and don't put yourself out there to anybody. I, I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that millennials, you were like, millennials are wanted temporary. I was, I thought for some reason, I don't know why, because these crazy millennials, I thought you were going to say that they were getting into arranged marriages. <laughs> like that was a new fact. Dude, I could totally do that. A few years ago... There was more talk about how the divorce rate, I think, was going down among young people. But if you really read the article, it was that I think people weren't getting married as often. Now, I live in who the hell knows where, and so people around here get married at like 19. I don't know. I had a student in one of my classes, and she was so excited to get married. And like, she was aiming to get married. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Good for you. Yeah. And I'm not, again, I'm not dissing marriage or anything like that in that respect. I'm just kind of like, you're not even fully cooked yet as like a human. <laughs> and it feels scary to me. Pete like said 30, that verbatim. I'm 35 Bro, now. you ain't even fully cooked. <laughs> Wait till the oven dings and you're crispy <laughs> that you get married. I think that I've been in relationships with people who don't know themselves very well. Oh, I know. And so you end up in that situation. Think. You end up in that situation where you're like, gosh, this could be a completely... I, you know what? My my longest relationship uh, with Liz definitely went that path where it was like, this is a different person than who I thought I was going to be with. But again, it's like, I'm glad I met that person before we had to get a divorce. Or, you know, and again, in, in the situation that you pitched there, Marissa, I would be like you proposed not like you but i would be like you proposed and i'd be like no this is this is a thing i signed on for this i have to make it work i have to sacrifice happiness i have to sacrifice my goals my ambitions i can't have any do you friends. take what i say to like that's what i mean though i see a lot of people who end up doing that and basically the whole thing was i'm not allowed to be with friends with marissa if i want to date liz and i was like yeah marissa's been here a lot longer and she'll be here a lot longer after so <laughs> anyway um so yeah it's definitely it's definitely a creepy thing and thank god marissa's going to talk about the fun side of it at least um in terms um, of i'm gonna bitch <laughs> but before she does we have to end this episode and start a new one so bye everybody bye <laughs> hey everyone this is marissa phillips from y'all heard and um hey everybody rate us on itunes Five stars is a charm And why not leave us a voicemail 570-POD-WOD-1 
doesn't matter what you say in your voicemail. We promise we'll appreciate it. We don't get many. Thank you. Hi. Hi.